You're about to listen to the words and teachings of Pastor Shola Oshimakide of the household of David. Be blessed. Hallelujah. Let's turn our Bibles to 1 Samuel chapter 16 and read something from there. Praise the Lord. And the Lord said to Samuel, that's 1 Samuel 16, How long will you mourn for Saul? We, we, we started with this on Wednesday. Seeing that I have rejected him from reigning over Israel, fill that on with oil and go, I will send it to Jesse, the Bethlehem, Bethlehemite, for I have provided me a king among his sons. Hallelujah. Acts chapter 15 verse 18 says, Known unto God are all his works before the foundation of the earth. Known unto God are all his works before the foundation of the earth. Acts 15 18. Am I right? Yeah. Known unto God are all his works before the foundation. So God sees the end from the beginning. One, one thing we should all learn from that first Samuel 16 is that he has substitutes. I get what I'm saying. Whatever we do for God must not get into our head. And whatever he has given us opportunity to do for humanity, when you go, someone else will do it. So God said to Samuel, he was praying because Saul was his first choice. Samuel loved Saul. The first king to be ordained in Israel. So when he saw that God was angry with Saul, he kept praying online, oh God, have mercy. And God said, Samuel, I love you, I listen to you a lot, but on this matter, I am true with Saul and you are not going to get me to change my mind. And the Bible said, God said to Samuel that, now go to the house of Jesse, for I have provided, this is a powerful word, I have provided me a king among his sons. He didn't say that I'm going to provide. I am already provided. Saul is still there on the throne. But I've already given the mandate to someone else. There is a new king yet to be ordained. And someone was like, wow. So when Saul was misbehaving, did not know that God, somebody, no matter how great a man is, somebody will be greater than you. Are you hearing me? Yes, and no matter how much you achieve, records are for records are meant to be broken someone is going to come this is why this must keep us humble now let's go to verse 5 and let's keep so samuel said okay came to the city everybody came trembling me in verse 7 and it came to pass when they were come that he looked on Eliab and he said surely the guy was a big guy very handsome Tall, dark. Now, I don't know whether it was dark because. <laughs> Tall, dark, and handsome. Let's assume. And he stood for Samuel. He was a soldier. So, yeah. And Samuel said, This is the Lord's anointed. I have no doubt. Man, this is the guy. This is our guy. The real McCoy. This is the guy. <laughs> but the Lord said to Samuel, Look not on his countenance. Or the height of his stature. It's not by stature. Because I say it together. What's the next word here? I told them a way that this is a very, very powerful, this is a very negative word. And 
we don't have much time this morning. I would have shown you why. He said, I have that means God was saying to Samuel that before you go to their house, I considered the guy and I said no to him. There is something inside Eliab that will not make me use him. Wow. When God says I have refused a man, that's a serious thing. And the Bible said that God resists the proud and he gives grace to the humble. Eliab was a proud guy, man. Later, Samuel didn't know what God said, why God said that. But later, the Bible gave us a bit of him, just a little bit. When David came to the battle, and he said that, they forced him, have said that, what's wrong with you? Who did you leave all those sheep for? So, we are the soldiers who should be keeping sheep. And David says, there are no cause. So, before Samuel, and God saw that out in Eliab, that this one thinks he's better than everybody. And God cannot work with those who think better than everybody. Are you with me? So God said to Eliab, no, no, he said to Samuel, this is not the guy. Then God said something, which I feel, I said it on ways, I feel I should not say it again. But I won't spend time because it's not marriage seminar. God gave the reason why he refused. He said, for the Lord seeth not as man seeth. For man looks on what? But the Lord looks. <laughs> if a woman, beyond Bible trying to tell you how God sees, God is also telling you how man sees. Man looks at outward appearance. Man looks at outward appearance. God looks at the heart. Your heart matters to God. Your appearance, it matters to men. But you are not going to marry God. Are you, uh, God is helping you to see that when it comes to men, what, where your attention should be, your office should be presentable. If you're a woman, and I said it always, especially those of you that are married. After, marri after marriage, it, it's common among Christian women. You let down your guards. You wear Ankara, tie Ankara wrapper. Sit down in the sitting room till 10 o'clock in the morning. No, your husband is coming home. Nobody spray, no nothing. You come cooking pepper in the kitchen, just come out of the kitchen. Man looks at outward appearance. No matter how spiritual a man is, he looks at outward appearance. How do you appear? You are saying that you are not, you say, uh, no man is asking you, but how is your appearance like? You do a hair, you do the kind of hair that will chase men away. And you are praying. Man looks at outward appearance. All you married women, I'm telling you, keep the romance on in your home. There is no excuse for a man to do something wrong, no doubt about it. But I'm just saying, don't add to the temptation that when you come home, it has to take him the love of God to love you. I get what I'm saying. Thank God for the love of God, but let there be romance, not the love of God. The way you look is the love of God. I got it. <laughs> Hallelujah. I know people do this every no, you just you just think, okay, I'm married now and then. It, you, don't, you don't care about how you dress again. But when you were dating, the first time he said he was coming to your house, you spent time to bathe yourself. <laughs> Even your brothers at home didn't recognize me again. <laughs> but now you are married and you know everything. Entitlement mentality is bad. It's just my husband. He can't go anywhere again. So you just, I mean, you are just it's coming on by 5 o'clock. He just meets you there. 
You are watching African magic Yoruba with pap on the table. And you are just there. And the man is saying, Dear Lord Jesus. And all through town, he's seen all kinds of beautiful women all day long. Those who came to his office to oppress him with pefs. Now, some women are trying not to look at me. I am talking to you. <laughs> let's, let's stop there. <laughs> Amen. Just take that scripture that man looks at outward. I'm going to say this among what I was saying. It's very important. It might sound funny. It's a prophetic message because it will save many homes. Are you hearing me? If you ask, if there's a woman beside, can you just tell her? Man looks at outward appearance. Tell her that you, I need to let you know that man looks at outward appearance. <laughs> Hallelujah. Shortly after a lady got married to a guy, she was shocked. The guy used to be in church there at night praying. Very spiritual guy. Oh, not even watch TV. But see, romance is general. When they got home and then they all got married, she was shocked that the guy, you know, this same guy will preach that women should not use the ring and the rest. But started telling, when they got started telling the wife how to dress, so I love to see you on high heels. She was looking at him like this. You? It is true. A man can fast for 40 days. After fasting, what happens? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> he said, I have rejected him. For the Lord see not. Now, what made... So, next verse. Um, let's go on. Then Jesse called you know, all the several sons. Now, I just want to call this story. But you, you saw all the several sons. There were eight of them. All the several passed. And then Samuel chose none. And Samuel had to ask the man, that, sorry, are these all? And then he said that there's one that we did not call to the party. Thank God that God does not choose as man chooses. Hallelujah. To Jesse, for some reasons, he wasn't proud of David. He wasn't, he couldn't introduce him to people. I said on Wednesday, how come your 16-year-old boy will come and tell you that, Dad, yesterday when I was keeping the sheep, I saw a bear, and you still sent him to the same field the following day. Then he came back and said, Dad, I saw a lion today. But God started saying some things about David. And briefly, I will just say something to you. Then I will talk about the difference between the anointing of the Old Testament and the New Testament. But you see, you need to understand that God sees your heart. And when you say your heart, we talk about your passion. There are things you do every day that you think nobody's saying. The guys were in the military. David was in the shape. But God chose David above all of them because of some factors. Samuel didn't know David's CV, didn't know anything, except that the Lord wouldn't let the anointing fall on any other person. And Samuel said, you know what? When the father said that there is one more boy, he said, we will not sit down until he comes. In Psalm 51, David said that in sin, my mother gave back to me. So Lord have debated whether I was talking about general woman's sin or there was something unique about his own mom. But if we look at the story and what the father did with him, it might give a suggestion that probably David was not born legitimately. Because Samuel was a god then. When he came to the city, everybody came to meet him trembling. So if that kind of man said, bring all your sons, for you to have left one behind, there must be something wrong with that one. Hallelujah. Pray Lord. 
And then the kind of job you gave him. Others were in the military, but you sent this one to do this. There must be something. But you see, what God used Samuel to do, the role of the father that uh, Jesse didn't play over David, God sent Samuel to play it. And as I said on Wednesday, because some things God will make me repeat them. In your life, there are two voices. There will be Jesse and there will be Samuel. Jesse represents your past and those who focus on your weakness. Samuel will always speak to you about destiny, about God's assignment for your life. Samuel is your doorway to es- for you to escape Jesse. Because Jesse will keep you there. We'll look at the circumstances around your life to judge you and keep you there. Are you with me? And you know, from time to time, we keep hearing the voice of Jesse and the voice of Samuel. All our failures, you will remember. At the same time, faith is trying to rise inside you for something bigger for days to come. I get what I'm saying. Praise the Lord. So you always have to make a choice whether you go with Jesse or go with Samuel. So Samuel came to the house. And the anointing came upon David from that day. And the next thing, there was vacancy in the palace. Because of the anointing. Now, this is chapter 16. But in chapter 17, this, this must have been the reason. Uh, when David saw Goliath, other soldiers were running away, but David had a different reaction towards Goliath. He was anointed, and the anointing helps you to see beyond what ordinary men can see. Say amen. amen. Are you with me? Praise the Lord. So when everybody, when Goliath spoke, David said, what? Did that guy just insult the army of Israel? Nobody could take up Goliath. And I said on Wednesday, from time to time, you will face Goliath. Goliath is that battle. Now, this is the nature of a fight with Goliath. Nobody helps you to fight Goliath. It has to be one-on-one combat. There are things that prayer warriors can pray with you about. There are things that pastors can pray with you about. When it comes to Goliath, now it was army versus army, but Goliath for 40 days kept asking, like, give me a man. And to conquer Goliath, a man must be given, not an army. I get, him. I get what I'm saying. It's, that is the nature of battle with Goliath. He saw the entire army of Saul. He said, no, give me a man. And he will say it in the morning, and he will say it in the evening. These are challenges that you wake up and they are staring you at the face. And when you want to sleep on your bed, you'll go to sleep with that, those things. They thought, that's Goliath. And he stands there until you rise and do something. In the morning, give me a man. He will come again in the evening. Give me a man. The following morning. And the morning were hearing his voice. The morning were trembling. What are we going to do about this guy? He never said, okay, you know what? Let's fight. All of us. No. Give me one man. Because he felt that because of his size, no man could take him up. But mistake. And apart from his size, he was covered from head to toe. Goliath always looked like an impossible situation. But it's not true. Look through the eye of faith. You will see a loophole. David spotted, when he saw the guy, as he was doing his catapult like this, he just saw that, oh, that, see, this guy is guarded from head to toe, but there is a spot here. And said, that is all I need. He had five stones. He did not even use, I used one. If you ask African magic to, ha- to act the film, the first stone will go this way, pew. <laughs> Second one will go this way. Third stone will go this way, a movie. Then the last stone will be slow motion. <laughs> 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 but thank God for the Bible. Just the first stone. When Goliath was talking, David kept doing this. He didn't know what the guy was doing. I have seen your weakness. Your weakness is your head. Your head is not correct. <laughs> and he didn't know. David saw it. And he was just, 
Otherwise, you would not have defied the God of Israel. Are you with me? Praise the Lord. Two things I will say from there. Don't use the Saul's armor to fight Goliath. It's a recipe for disaster. If Saul could fight him, if his armor was that used, why didn't he use it? When David volunteered to fight Goliath, then he took his armor and put it on David. David tried to move and he said no. The thing about Goliath is that he's the easiest person to bring down. Because the weapon you will use to kill your Goliath is already in your hand. Don't look for any other weapon. Look inside. And that's why I want to hand the message today about looking inside. Because that's what the anointing in the New Testament is all about. Are you following me? Don't look for what to add to yourself. So when they gave David spear and they dressed him, ah, he moves. At this regular will kill me. He said, King, I'm not rejecting your offer, but I'm sorry. I'm not, I can't use this. Take it off. There will not be any Goliath that will show up in your life that you already don't have a stone to keep. Knowing your stone is the issue, but there is a stone in your hand, and that's all you need. Are you following me? So he says, So take your armor back. I can take up this guy myself. And it's on David that ran towards Goliath. We will look at, one day we'll look at step by step how to bring down Goliath. But you see, the anointing, when Samuel poured that oil on him, it had something to do with it. Now, in New Testament, you do not need an anointing to come upon you. Some of the, um, yeah, we, we all say things, many say there are lang- spiritual languages and they are in categories. There is a way you talk to children. Even your children, you know that that is not the righteous of war, but you say them. Now, the, the thing about it is that in the realm of the spirit, vocabularies are very important. How you use words are very important. For instance, now, we all sing, let the power of the Lord from heaven come down. That's not correct. The power of God does not come down from heaven. The power of God came down when the Holy Ghost is down. When the Holy Ghost came down. Where is the power of God right now? The power of God is inside you. And I, I will read a passage to you in a while, and you are going to see it. Are you, are you with me? So, you know what I will do to you? When you start praying, if you think the power of God is coming out from that, as you are praying, you are watching to see where the power will come from, where the glory will come from. But if you are conscious that the power is within you, you will be listening to what the Spirit will say from inside. And honestly speaking, that will make a world of difference between the two people. This is very important. Are you following me? Praise the Lord. So in No Testament, as the anointing came upon David, he stayed on him. But thank God, the anointing is in us. Glory to God. We don't need somewhere to come pour oil on us. The Spirit of God himself dwells in us. Let me show you these scriptures. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. Hallelujah. Are you with me? Praise the Lord. What kind of, what art did God see in David that made God to choose David? If we have time, we'll look at that. But I just want to show you this. Look at, the Bible said that now to him that is able to do a similar abundantly about all that we ask or think, according to what? Where? Say in me. Let's look at First John chapter 2, verse 27. First John 2, 27. I want us to check something. 1 John 2, 27. 1 John chapter 2, verse 27. But the anointing which you have received abides in you. Put your hand there. Say it's in me. me. Oh, say it with confidence. Say in the name of Jesus. Jesus. I have found with my mouth that the anointing is in me. me. Shout amen. The Bible said that the anointing, it teaches you all things. 
It tells you how to face the battles of life. And the Bible says it abides in you. It does not go and come. It abides. It stays in you. The power of the Holy Ghost in you. And it stays. It's there. So Jesus said it this way. He said, my father that dwelleth in me, doeth the work. That's John chapter 14. Um, give me John 14. Let's see. John chapter 14, verse 29 or 31 or 37. One of the three verses should be. Go to, um, he said, the father that dwells in me, doeth the work. What verse is that? Check the father that dwells in me. I know it's John 14, but I'm trying to remember the exact verse. If you find it, let me know. Just let me run through John 14 if you are here. I want us to read that particular verse. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Who is a fast finder? If I get to my Bible, I'll find it for everybody. So I want somebody to find, just find that verse. Verse what? Verse 10. Okay. John 14, 10. Let's see. Thank you. I hope you are right. Thank you. John 14, 10. I know it's in John 14. Yeah. Believers thou me that my father, the father is in me. The words that I speak, I speak not myself. But the father that dwelleth in me. Hey. This consciousness we make every Christian to make a mess of Goliath. Say to yourself, the Father dwells in me. Say it again. Are you convinced about that? Say it one more time. Hallelujah. Glory to God. He said, the Father who dwells in me. He dwells. But what we need to do it's in first, is it first Timothy 1 6 or second Timothy 1 6? I want us to read something from there. That is the main issue. I didn't plan to go this. I don't want to talk about it, but I just feel we should we should know this is the main issue. Hallelujah. First Timothy 1 6 or Second Timothy 1 6. One of the two. Not seven, six. Second Timothy 1 6. Is somebody with me? I'll read this passage last and we, we Second Timothy 1 6. Wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God, which is indeed by the putting on. Everybody say it again. It's in me. It's in me. But the issue is that we don't stir it up. So Paul told Timothy that when I put my hand on you, the gift entered you, but it has to be stirred. The anointing is inside everybody seated here. But it has to be said. That which makes us become extraordinary is in us, but it has to be said. Are you with me? That which brings forth uncommon results is in you, but it has to be said. It's not useful when it's lying down. You have to shake it, steer it up for it to rise. That's what the Bible is saying. Everything you, you see in the Old Testament, everything we read about there, or we are going to read about any given time, the ability to do it has been put inside the Holy Spirit that dwells in every Christian. But it has to be said. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. Is someone blessed this morning? Is someone blessed this morning? When David took those sheep, anybody would understand if David had said to his father, oh, a lion came and killed one of the sheep. A bear came and killed one of the sheep. But not David. That would have been a good excuse. 
but not this guy. Now, there was no record that God ever spoke to David before then, but God was watching. Just like many of you don't know. For instance, we are here and there are angels recording the service. I'm conscious of this every now and then. Every day of our lives are being recorded. And there's what is called a day of reckoning. Hallelujah. When we say that the Lord will show up, the Lord already dwells in us. But from time to time, it comes to reward your diligence. It comes to reward your consistency. The Bible said that we shall reap the reward if we faint not. There is a time that God shows up. So a Christian can begin to pray that, Lord, I want to walk in greater anointing. I want to do this for many years. And you think nobody's hearing you. Every single prayer you've uttered, God has been hearing. But there are seasons set by God. So as David was composing those psalms, the Lord is my shepherd, with those sheep, he was sleeping and waking up with the sheep every day. He thought nobody saw it. His testimony didn't mean anything to his, fa his father. He didn't mean anything to his brethren. You might not appear to mean much to people around you right now, but if you have some secret with God, it's just a matter of time. Are you hearing me? This is very important. So when, he, when David saw the lion coming, he said that, not me. He fought the lion and he killed the lion. He said, I brought out 2,000 sheep. I will take home 2,000 sheep. I will not let one sheep get missing. Ah! God sat in everyone and said, Michael, when I see that guy, God was like, wow, this boy. So God concluded that this is the next king. Saul is just occupying the space. Listen to me. Very soon, popular names in the country will go down. Not because some of them are done something, but no, no. I say, in life, you don't reign forever. There is always replacement theory. In every field, in ministry, in banking. When you are Union Bank and all those banks, you did not know that people like GTB will come out. You know, Union Bank of old, where you will suffocate inside. And all those things. Nobody thought this. When you are this kid, you did not think about... The way we are using this case for our project then. I feel sorry for the company making this case now. Are you following me? When we, when we used to look for cabs around, we did not know yellow taxi with line. Now, Uber. One of them told me that Uber is taking food from our mouth. In 10 years' time, some other things will come up. This is the aspect of God that deals with both Christians and non-believers. If you are diligently pursuing what he has given to you, your time will come. So Eliab didn't know what David had been doing behind the scene. None of them knew. When Samuel came to their house, he said, no, I'm looking for somebody. But God knew. He saw what David did. How he would make sure that the sheep were okay. To somebody, just be like, when they give man beans, I'll be more diligent, but these are just sheep. Even when, Sam, when, so when the father sent him to go and give food to his brother, go and read. Bible said that he carefully put the sheep in the hand of a keeper. God said that, who is this man that is so diligent about what said, this one will rule. Up till now, they are still celebrating David in Israel. A king who reigns forever. Think about this. So when you say that God sees your heart, these are the things we are talking about. There is a difference between a perfect man and a man with a perfect heart. There is no perfect man on that, but there are many people with perfect hearts. That means they have the right attitude, right heart towards anything given to them. That's a perfect man or a man with a perfect heart. And the Bible says that the eyes of the Lord, they are running to and fro. Is that 2 Chronicles 6 9? Of all the hearts, 
that he might show himself mighty on behalf of a man whose heart is perfect towards him. If it's is that if it's second Chronicles 6 9, 16, 9, second Chronicles 16, 9, or first Chronicles 16, 9, one of the two. I've not read that scripture in a while, but it just lies through my spirit now. But I know that it's in second it's in Chronicles 16, 9. Now I don't know whether it's first or second Chronicles. Which one? Second Chronicles 16, 9. Yeah, thank you. Look at this scripture, everybody together. I'll close with this. Everybody look at it. For what? Let's read together. Wait, tell your neighbor, God is scanning. What is he looking for? Let's read on. Okay. Towards, no, you don't need the last part. You are not foolish, so don't read it. <laughs> You've not done foolishly. Just stop here. His eyes are running. Every day as you sit down in your office, his eyes are running. When you pick up your pen, and when you come in by 7.30 and you write 7.15, his eyes are running. From. When you are working under somebody and you are thinking of palming part of his money, his eyes are running. You will have that money for a while. It brings sorrow. But you disqualify yourself. You are already called by God that you will employ 10,000 people. It begins like God starts, if he's going to make you to rule over a nation, he starts you all with taking care of sheep. So you are in the office, you don't really like the office. Yet destiny is becoming that in 15 years, the whole nation is talking about you. But you start by joining the rest to get what you can get. How much is what you can get? 200K. When 2 billion will be nothing to you in 15 years, but you shut yourself out. Lord, forgive me, I'm sorry. He says that I've forgiven you. Forgiveness is cheap, but what you don't know is that you have blocked your access into it. Because when the day, when the day of reckoning comes, God will make a mistake. You've not shown yourself might, you've not shown yourself prudent enough to be given this thing, so you are disqualified. This is why 20 friends will work together. In 20 years, one will be richer than the rest. It's just a matter of time. People will not be at the same level forever. Time will separate. There can be 100 footballers trained every Sunday, Saturday morning under the bridge all around Lagos. In five, six years, the only one of them will make it to Arsenal, Chelsea, and that you hear about. Something will separate the rest. And I'm telling you, it is this thing, your heart. Check your heart. Shall we rise? Thank you for listening to the teaching of Pastor Shola Oshumakinde. We believe you have been blessed. Worship with us at David's Court, number 25 Mojidi Street, off Towing Street, Ikeja, Lagos. On Sundays, our first service starts by 8 a.m. and our second service by 10 a.m., while our midweek service starts by 7 p.m. on Wednesdays. Go and do great things. God bless you.